listener. Kickpot acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wulung clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickpod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hello. We have got the Mm. wonderful, and so many of you already know her because you told me to catch up with her Mm. while we were in London, Mm. Savannah Sachdev. She is amazing. So I tell the story of how we met in the podcast. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it now, Yeah. but Savannah is just, we literally, when we met, we spoke for hours and hours and hours. And I was like, there is so much that I want to speak to you about Mm. and share with the community in terms of her running journey. She's actually on run over 800. So she's doing a running streak. However, Savannah, the way she speaks about running mm. is not in a way of like push yourself every no, day. You don't need to be an ultra marathon runner or anything. It's like that. just moving, yeah. and she runs for life. Which I was like, I run for life. Yeah. I just it, it was her, her ethos is so aligned with mm. kick and everything that we do. She's an incredible human. She's so kind and sweet, and she is very very generous with what she shares in mm. this. Um, in why she went into running, running was something that she did to help her deal with some situations in her life Mm. and then also about her journey before that with herself, with her body, Mm. with her family. You also may know her on TikTok. Her TikTok handle is Confused Indian Girl. Mm. She's just, she's a ball of life. I feel like we've made a new friend for life and I'm so grateful for that. So again, as Laura said, thank you. And sex. We speak about sex. Oh yeah. Do we? I feel like we (laughs) always do those days. Um, But yeah, thank you for for all telling us to catch up with her because she's just incredible and she's doing amazing things and we were so grateful to have her time and we just know you're going to love this podcast. Savannah. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> we are so excited to have you on the podcast. Me too. I'm excited. I'm scared. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> so we met a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and I sent you a message and our, we said to our community, like, who mm. do we have to meet when we come over? And so many people said you. And so I was sitting by myself at, because I was here by myself at that point, at the hotel on Friday night being like, I need... <laughs> I, w- I want to catch up with someone, but I just feel like it's so out of my comfort zone to go and have a coffee with someone I've never met and has no fucking idea who I am. But, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone. Anyway, so I messaged you and said, oh, sh- do you want to get a coffee? And within like five minutes or something, you had replied and you were like, let's go for a run. <laughs> my screen time is like 11 hours. <laughs> I'm just like always on Instagram. <laughs> and I was so nervous and I was like, oh my God, what are we going to talk about? Like as I'm like getting ready to run I'm like, oh my god I'm gonna what I'm gonna what's about I think I'm boring like well, how are we gonna start the conversation you're anything but boring anyway no and <laughs> so, so as as soon as we met we literally spent five hours hmm. together or something that morning it's crazy and I felt because I mean it was only a couple of days but I did feel because I was here by myself a little bit isolated and then I just felt accepted into the UK because of you so oh. thank you oh. well I feel the same from you you were so lovely oh my goodness I wasn't expecting that at all and even like the second time we met I told you this just before I met you I was like oh fuck I don't have any topic I'm not even gonna lie I like listed topics of conversation <laughs> on my phone I think I told you that because I was like what if we like hit it off really good the first time and then like the next time we just don't what topic did you put mm. like I was like 
it was like sex life. Like, how do you keep the spice in your marriage? Nice. You were going to get straight into <laughs> yeah. it. I oh, I am really direct. Like, I really care about the big things. <laughs> I love it. You made me feel very welcome. So I am very grateful. Oh, dude. I did. I the same when I'm in Australia. People, a hundred percent. Oh my God, a hundred percent. And people know. love you. Like so many people replied to my stories and they were like, oh my God, my two favorite yeah, running people. Favorite like, running together. Together. Yeah. And I, so I, I sound like a, an idiot saying that. Like, I'm, no. But no, just, it was but like they a, were. Yeah. People just were very excited. So, so you do admit you. that you're a running girl. No. You yeah. No, you are. No, I'm a runner. What do you I'm mean? Runner. Are I'm you running. kidding me? You don't think you inspire people to run? Yeah, are you I, like I do. I'm running, crazy or what? Running is my thing. But I yeah. haven't run yeah. 800 days in a row. And so, <laughs> or more, or more. So that's where we wanted to start. So you are on a running streak, mm-hmm. over 800 runs. Yes. Can you take us back to before day zero or day negative 50, yeah. why did why you start running? Because you've spoken about <laughs> you win. Seriously, but you've spoken about how it changed your life. What was yeah. your life like before that? Why did you do it? Mm. Do you know what? It's quite deep. Like <laughs> I was in a place, I, was, I mean, I was really struggling mentally. I tried other things. I tried antidepressants. I had a really difficult time with my family. I was with my boyfriend, who's my boyfriend, I'm with now and he was my first like I'd I'd never dealt with being in a relationship especially within an Indian family and like I just didn't know which way I was up I didn't know how to deal with my head with my thoughts and then me and Steve were thrust together during lockdown and we lived together and that was kind of against my family's wishes um and one day I just got out of the door and started I think I started jog walking like it was very minimal and it was like 10 minutes but I realized it was a minute for me to be alone because Steve's also a parent so within that household I was a step parent Mm. and it was like 10 minutes to myself that I could really think and then I could come back and be a better partner and a better stepmom and before I knew it I was at three weeks and then I was at six months and then to be honest I don't think it really got noticed on social media until like past a year. Like I wasn't posting for that reason. Like it was mm. more just to, for, to prove that I had done it. <laughs> it's probably almost like a, an accountability thing for yourself yeah. as well. Like I yeah. do that all the time. This is very much not the same, but I'll often post a photo of my like disgustingly dirty bathroom. It's in like shit everywhere. And I'll post it and I'll be like, this is just keeping me accountable. So I clean it by the end of the day so I can come back and show you guys the finished product. But it does work, right? You it do stick to it. Yeah, no, actually. And actually people started messaging me be like, being like, are you going to go tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, fine, done. Like, thank you for the motivation that I didn't know I needed. Mm. And yeah, and now I'm at like, I don't even know what day. So your first run, was it like, you said it was like kind of jog, walky, runny, mm. you know, was was it like two kilometers? Like how, was it far or was it really just like 10 minutes to yourself? Do you know what? Like genuinely could tell you, I didn't even have like running gear. That's amazing. So you didn't even track Could've, it? No, not at yeah. all. Like I've always been like an active person. Like mm. if I was sat with my friends, I'd always be the one like running around with a tennis ball. Like I'm high energy. So like I am going to go play. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> So you're the person that's like, beat you there. <laughs> yeah, no, actually like literally me and Steve will be doing the food shop and I'll be like, Richie, just go. I bet you I can hold men in more shopping bags than you. <laughs> no, actually like everything in one go and he like actually hates it. Because when you start, I think like, for me to, to even think about running that many days in a row, I'd, I'd think that there was like some calculated way you need to begin. Like, okay, I, I need to do this pace or this distance or whatever. But the fact that you went out, you probably didn't even track your run or anything like that is, yeah. is pretty, is really nice. I literally remember wearing like my bra and then like a light intensity sports bra because I didn't have a proper running mm. bra and then like Steve's t-shirt and a pair of shorts. I remember thinking, I remember just such a weird thought. I remember thinking like, I look like a boxer. Like, and I look really cool. Like, so I was wearing like a baggy baggy men's t-shirt and I literally just went for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And I got a snack at the end of it, kind of like I do now. Mm. Yeah. What was your relationship with like running and exercise before that? Um, 
so very like up and down mm. growing up when I was very young like Indian not I'm not even going to say Indian people my family show their love through feeding you and mm-hmm. like through meals mm-hmm. so my mum and my aunties would give me like four or five solid meals a day so like I was a cute little puppy weight girly like I look very cute like I probably I was a little bit bigger than most of my friends but it was fine like I didn't really think anything about it mm-hmm. but because of the way my family fed me I never really learned my hunger cues mm-hmm. like I didn't like because if an auntie put a meal in front of you you just ate it mm-hmm. out of respect like you never got to wait till oh, yeah, I wasn't allowed to leave the table until I finished literally you yes. finish your plate right yeah. and then my parents went through a few years later my parents went through kind of a tumultuous divorce and my mum was forced to put me in boarding school and when I was there I was one of the only people of color there and I was also quite a lot bigger than the rest of the girls and I remember, like, Special K was a thing at the time. I don't know if you guys have that. Oh, yeah. The two bowls a day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I did that initially with some oh, of the, the other diet. Yeah, yeah, you eat two K bowls diet. of Special K. Mm. And I just kind of, I did that because everyone else was doing that. And I started to lose weight. And then that was my first realisation that the less you ate, that you would drop mm. weight. So how old were you then? 14, 15. Mm. So quite young. Mm. Um, and then really quickly, people started complimenting me on the way I looked. So I just kept dropping the weight but I wasn't sporty then I just wasn't eating Mm. and I got to a place where like I was like oh everyone keeps telling me I look great so this must be the way to be and then still wasn't particularly sporty Mm. then I went to university and like was fully in control of my diet away from my family and became a real foodie and gained a load of weight and didn't really have any boyfriends no one was telling me I looked pretty anymore no one was complimenting me in the same way so I just I didn't know how to be. I didn't think that I was attractive. I didn't feel attractive in any way. Um, And just like that constant yo-yo of not knowing. And to be honest, this really recently is my first time being out on my own and figuring out what works for me. And all I'm doing at the moment is doing a little bit of exercise to get out of my head every Mm. single day. And And I eat what I want and I feel so good. And it's just not about the way I look anymore, but it's just so interesting that where it's taken a long time to distance Mm. myself from the thoughts that I used to have Mm. yeah it's taken a really long time but yeah so very yo-yo-y oh it's so hard isn't it yeah what did your parents when you because when you're at boarding school were you how long were you there for before you then came home for Mm. like the summer is that how it works yeah sometimes yeah yeah um so it depended on my honestly it depended on how my parents divorce looked Mm. um so sometimes it would be a couple months sometimes it would be like three two or three weeks but I would always choose to be at school because I could control the food that I was being given. Mm. And I also, I came from like quite a strict household. Mm. So it was just more fun to be in like a big sleepover environment. Mm. So how old were you when your parents separated? 12 or 13. Oh, so same as me. Yeah. How, how did it impact you? In your, Especially like within your culture. Yeah. yeah. In your culture, is is divorce really normal? No. Or Okay, no, so how, how, did it, how did it feel? Um, it's really strange because like and it it still really impacts me today where my I do you know I've never actually said this on the internet my dad was quite abusive towards my mum and my little brother um and at the time we didn't understand that and I think a lot of other parents might have had some inkling of what was going on but me and my little brother didn't know any of that. And we just couldn't understand why people were distancing themselves from us, didn't understand us. So not only were we like some of the only few people of colour, people didn't really want to spend time with our family. So I became really introverted, really introspective. Um, and it's only now in my later years that I realise how 
bloody fucked up that was that no one really wanted much to do with us but also I really struggle to be around groups of people now where like from a young age I felt so whispered about and so Mm. now whenever it's really interesting like I'll get asked to host like a group run or a group event right and I'll turn it down because the thought of being stood in front of 50 people or 100 people I'm like convinced they're all chatting shit about me like I can't I can't be stood in front of a group but it's something I'm really working on and I, I'm I'm having therapy and it is really really helping, but I in no means by no means ever want to come on my social media account and come across as someone that's like completely stable because mm-hmm. I'm not. This running thing really helps me every day and like I every day I really feel like it saves me. Yeah, but therapy is really good. Therapy has been really good. I really recommend it. If you guys don't have it, would get it. Mm. Thank you for sharing. I'm so sorry that you went through that. It's so okay. tough. Are you still, are your parents still both, both of them in your life now? Do you know what? Really recently my dad isn't. And it's, I think I'm only just starting to speak about things like very minimally. And Mm. that side of the family has kind of been like, can you not? Mm. But then this is my life now. It's my job Mm. to be like open and honest. And like, there's a reason that I've struggled so much in social environments. There's a reason that like, Mm. sometimes I'll be a little bit more tearful on my social media and I just can't be asked to lie. Like, (laughs) Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. And I think like, I just want to be as honest as possible. And there must be someone somewhere going through something similar. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And and it, it's, it, it's very brave as well. Cause like, obviously you don't owe it to anyone to share, you know, the level of what you share online. That's all really up to every individual. But I think when you have been through stuff like that, um, you, you know, that you, being seen by someone else that um, might have gone through something similar, you've probably followed people and been able to relate to something that they speak about and you know how much that that helps when you feel so isolated in something you're going through. So 100%. I think when you have that and you found that, you almost feel this, like, weight of responsibility. But as we said, like, it's, I mean, it's that's horrible um, that, that you went through that. But, it, again, it's, like, it's your story and it's made you, yeah. I suppose, mm-hmm. those experiences... Which you don't realise as an adult, right? Like yeah. you don't, re- but they they sometimes can be quite defining. And mm. sometimes you're a bit anxious in your adult life, and you're like, "How did I get here?" Yeah. <laughs> My mum literally yesterday, she was like, "You have been through quite a lot. You realise that, like, you're allowed to give yourself a break. Of course, you are. You just don't think that in your adult life. You think you've just got to keep working, keep grinding, forget, like, never be upset, never yeah. let things get to you, right? Mm. So you're running when you're running. Mm. Do you? Because obviously, other than when you're running with with a friend like Lawrence, <laughs> do you like listen to music? Is it a moment that you you know you start your run and you want to figure something out while you're running? Do you listen to a podcast or do you do you track your runs now? I'm sure it's gone through like different yeah. patterns over the 800 runs. You would have tried a lot of different things, but yeah, what's your when you're not running for a specific goal? Because I know that mm. you've you've got a really long run coming up, haven't you? Yeah, but that's a real rarity. Like I try not to really yeah. run for any goals. Yeah. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> when you're not going for that, mm-hmm. what, what do what do your runs look like? Is there days that you just run a couple of k's? Oh, you, yeah. Are you kidding? Like, yeah. so my minimum is a mile. Yeah. And probably two or three times a week, I'll literally get out the door for ten minutes and do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the nature of a run streak is that it sounds quite aggressive, but realistically sometimes you just need to shake life off a little bit and 10 minutes will really help you to do that Mm -hmm. and that's something that I really try and advocate I think people see my account and think I'm telling them to do a crazy workout Mm. every day like I'm I would just love to push you to try and move a little bit every Mm. single day and one day I'm going to shock everyone and I'm going to rebrand to a movement streak and (laughs) just like do a little bit of yoga and go for a walk every day Mm. but like the premise of this is just to just move Mm. um 
I only really track on Strava to prove mm. that I'm doing it because obviously there's loads of people that are like, well, I don't believe you. Yeah, like, but genuinely, like, I never check the times. I never post my times. Mm. I see, I get asked all the time. Um, I have run a few marathons, which I've really enjoyed, but there are a lot of half marathons going on at the moment mm. and I actively choose not to run them because... Mm it's not about racing for me at mm. all. And I also don't like that competitive environment. And to again, to be around people makes me really nervous. Mm. So actually just being by myself for a minimum of 10 minutes a day does me the world of good. Yeah. And is it the, like, is it the endorphins within the run that, that has changed your life? Or is it like, like, I know laws for Laura, a lot of the time it's like problem solving, like she'll have clarity in her runs. So yeah. like, what is it about running that you think has changed your life? I've stalked you say that in so many podcasts before. Like, <laughs> Um, a lot of that like so I often write loads of notes I know mm. you do the voice notes thing which is crazy She's I, was, only started I used to, to because that. I kept falling over and it was she like was like once a week but so she actually bad. ran into a branch once yeah like, I, I slipped my hand it was actually yeah. quite no funny. really yeah, yeah I mean it does sound I'm so clumsy yeah. so yeah I've stopped writing just because of the danger voice noting is smart to be but fair but sometimes yeah. Siri it lets you down I'm like that was that no yeah, that's didn't. not what I meant that was not my thought even a little bit yeah um, but I will often go for a run and come back and be like oh I have this great idea or I have this great strategy or I'm going to do this and you know sometimes you're sat on your laptop it just never comes to me then mm. like I have I have no brain thoughts then brain thoughts <laughs> um, and so running brings that for you a hundred percent and more often than not the days that I don't want to go and I go and I come back, I'm in a way better mood. Mm. So there is days that you're not motivated? Half the time. Yeah, okay. I'm almost, I mean, I, I never want to put my gym kit on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's always difficult. It's mm. like, but it's also really empowering to struggle through something and mm. then be like, oh, that was worthwhile. Like the struggle it's is so, so empowering. True. And I think that's so special for everyone listening and empowering for everyone listening to hear because mm. I think often if, if or for people listening that maybe aren't running or want to get into it and they might see you who's done over 800 runs in a row and think like, that just can't be me. Yeah. Because that person must always be motivated. But it's like to hear that even you have struggled with motivation. Like that's, you actually have to put, obviously you have to listen to your body. It's very, very, very important. But when it is really special to prove to yourself that you can do something that you didn't think that you could. A hundred percent. It is nice to get to that point as well, even like with exercise. I mean, we've both been through it where we used to think that it had to look a certain way, had to end up feeling Mm. a certain way. Otherwise it didn't count. Mm. And it's like, um, even, even these days for me, if I, if I was to go for a run, even if I don't really feel up to it, but mentally I know like it might, it might feel good. I might, go the slowest pace I've ever done. I might not go a very far distance. And so I'm not necessarily getting that like post run, oh my God, you smashed it feeling, but I'm still feeling really good about doing it. Yeah. You just shake life yeah. off a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's really interesting that like, I, I get like a lot of comments about how has this changed your body and people ask me that yeah. often, mm. but genuinely like I'm so indifferent now like I don't have an opinion and actually if I was really to delve deep running isn't the way that I would make my body look the way I wanted it to mm. do you know what I mean like, mm. it re- like I, if you were to actually care it might not actually yeah, be the routine I, you would choose yeah this is right. how I would change but how my powerful body. is that you're yeah. choosing what you Brings need you joy. for your mind yeah. Yeah. not yeah. what you what like society says you should do to look thing. Yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly and I love that like it's never mm. about the way I look anymore which is just so freeing that, and I think that's something that so many of us choose mm. and it's because of the way society makes us feel but we choose our workouts based on how it will change yeah, our body. It's like that's yeah. like even so, for some people they hate running and like that's fine, do something else, but they might think, no, I want to have this type of body so I have to run. Yeah. But you don't. It's like take that power yeah. back. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's also so strange because at the moment I work with um, 
like a running training app mm-hmm. but it's really it's difficult because whilst I like the app and I I like the program that it gives you I actually only follow it probably 20% of the time because mm. I'm such an advocate for just like doing what feels, what feels good. good and like that stress around having a defined workout mm. doesn't always help your mind mm. it's just so it's sometimes true. it can be too rigid yeah we 100%. find that in our community as well like some so there's some of them who love a plan they love to be told what to do and then others are just they really like to tune into their bodies every day sweat. and it's a really nice time mm. I think when you when you get to that point and you can kind of just tune into what whatever feels good. And as you said, like maybe one day it'll choose, it'll turn more into like a movement thing. Yeah. Not necessarily running. And then you'll just be able to kind of tune into what you need. That's, yeah. It's a really good place to be. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I feel quite stressed right now, right? Like I've got a lot on my plate. So like mm. this is exactly what I need right now. But mm. I hope one day life will slow down a little bit and hopefully not anytime soon. But, <laughs> 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 but like then my workout streak will change. Or it won't necessarily, might not necessarily be a streak, but the way I choose to move will change. Mm. There's different phases of life. Mm. Yeah, which I'm, I think people see the streak and think I'm super rigid, but genuinely this works so well for me right now. Mm. Workout plans, other workout plans just didn't. Mm. Yeah. I want to talk to you about confidence. Mm. When you spoke before about being in big groups and because mm. they know that when you're hosting run events and it's scary and you think that people like are talking about you, which I completely relate to. What is your self-talk in that time to get through it? Because I know you still do them, which is amazing. You still put yourself out there. Like yeah. you still do your run clubs. You still you still are in situations where there's a big group of people, yeah. which is obviously tough. What What's your self-talk? To be in front of other people? Yeah. Do you know what? I always remind myself how damaging it was that there wasn't anyone that looked like me when I was growing up. I didn't have anyone to look up to. There wasn't any representation. So like, I, I do just feel like some little girl, some woman somewhere will be able to relate to me in mm. some way. And I think that's really important. And I actually did an event really recently. And this is so bad. This is so mm. cringy. Um, I was speaking in front of the girls and halfway through, I like, I like lost, I was shaking so much. So I lost control of my legs. I had to sit down and I was like, you guys, I'm so sorry. I know this is, really weird but like I'm so nervous and like afterwards half the girls were like really good really glad that you did that because actually at work I really struggled to stand in front of a group of people Mm. or like I didn't know that it was I didn't know that not everyone was brilliant at communicating and presenting and I was like yeah no not don't worry me neither like (laughs) I think most people have that fear of insecurity of speaking in front of people like surely (laughs) exactly right but like I wouldn't um, I guess they didn't know that I didn't know and in the time you don't think about everyone else exactly oh my god (laughs) exactly so I was like lying on the floor while I was like (laughs) well good on you for doing that though and even acknowledging it I think that's yeah. Amazing. We've like I did um I did an oh my god you guys I did a panel in front of like 500 employees and like at the beginning of it I was like shaking and breathing in the microphone and it was like really nose heavy and I was like can you guys just give me a minute <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone was like whoa go on Savannah you got this and like I just felt like everyone related to me in that moment. I yeah, think it's 100%. like it's, it's those moments where you're reminded that like the world isn't out to get you. No. The world the world isn't filled with, like, dickheads. No. Um, like, they do exist, and there are horrible people who don't want the best for you. But other than that, most people just want, like, you to be okay. And for you. so they're more supportive than I think we we let off. Yeah, but I needed that reminder. Yeah. That with, mm. And that was just so incredible. Mm. Like, that was such a, like, career-changing <laughs> moment for me. That was, it was so cool. Yeah. It is, it is tough, though, because I find myself, like, when I'm, like, sometimes it happens at work mm. or when I'm, pre- when we're presenting, like, even there's been sometimes at the kick tour and we've had, like, which is this, we do workouts, like, around Australia and New Zealand. We have, like, 350 people in the room mm. and 
who are all there, who are a part of the care community. And our community is so inclusive and supportive and kind. Mm. So in no way should I assume that anyone is judging me. But I think when you do the job that we do and, and people, like as they do for you, you're, you inspire them, they look up to you. You feel like, like I feel this pressure to live up to that expectation. Yeah. And obviously like you're so similar to us in terms of how real you are in your socials and that's awesome. So it's like really we shouldn't worry about that because we are our true selves on mm. there. Yeah. But I'll often like I remember like I think it was the last one we did. We got off stage and I'm I'm I need to I need to work out how I work through it. I'm still working through this, but I'm can really pick up on people's body language. Like someone could be like in the corner at the back and I can pick up on their energy yeah. in 350 people. Mm. And they might be on their phone because they uh, have to text their mum back yeah. or they're, you know, oh, I forgot to put something down, whatever. I can fix, I'll fixate on that person. Too, and and then that. I'll think in my head, oh my God, they're bored and they want to leave. This is and where we're yeah. so different. They've come here. And yeah. and so I literally yeah. will will walk off stage and I'll be like, oh, I could have done better. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, like I wasn't interesting enough. I wasn't good enough. With our community that are so supportive and I have no reason to think they would judge mm-hmm. me. And then we do the meeting greets where people say like, oh my God, that was the best morning or whatever it might be. Kicks changed my life, whatever it, whatever it is. And I will genuinely be surprised because I was like, oh, I thought you had a really shit time. Like, it's so nice to hear that. But like, it's just that, that's not, that's on me, right? That's, that's on us. So like we're, the, we're yeah. but we're, we, we put this stuff in our head yeah. and we yeah. assume it's like that assumption mm. that, oh, they must be talking about me or they must think that I'm boring or it's like trying to work through that is really yeah. hard. Yeah. That's an us problem for, for yeah. sure. We need to delve a little deeper. Mm. That's, that's I think it's a, I think it comes down to people pleasing mm. as well. Like wanting to, because I, I think that's where like we often um, are different in that way. Like I'll see that and that body language or whatever. Mm-hmm. And number one, if they don't like me, I'm cool. Beans. Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> number two, if like, that, you know, I know myself, if I'm going through shit with Josh or something's happened in my family or work's, yeah. like, happening a lot, I don't show up as the most bubbly, energetic version of myself. Yeah. No matter what the situation is. Even if I'm in, like, it might be at a music concert seeing, like, my favourite artist, but if something is going on, yeah. I can't fully be except there. Except if it's Harry. Present. I feel like you would except always be in Harry's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's Harry yeah. Harry 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 That's fine. I mean, like, is there, are there any other Harry? <laughs> no, I, like, I feel bad, but I can't think of any. <laughs> but it's like so I, I I'm I think I'm able to kind of remind myself of those moments and just know that that person's probably just going through something. Yeah. That is such a people pleasing thing though. Mm-hmm. It is. Like even, <laughs> not that I'm not into people pleasing. <laughs> sure. You are a people pleaser? Oh massively. I think yeah. you just probably have like better boundaries. Like yeah. but like literally a couple of days ago I was with a group of people and I could tell that this one person in the group didn't like me. How, why why? why? What, were they, what were the things? They were just like quite cold, didn't really I, do you know what? And Steve said that to me. He they could like, have been jealous. Just re- but he was like, you could just be reading them wrong. Maybe they're reserved. Like, they may, they're that anxious, might be their like, personality. Anxious, yeah. yeah. Introvert. But like I read that because of the, their, yeah. their yeah. Like, body language. I read that as they don't like me. So I fixated mm. on that person and made it my like whole reasoning for being there that day to turn their mood around and make them like me. And Steve was like, I know why you did that. I know you're trying to people please, but you know, you probably just made them more uncomfortable. Like they, <laughs> they might have been an introvert. They might not have wanted you to do that. Like he's like, you're yeah. people pleasing. You need to work on that. Uh, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you think too, see, that's so interesting, you're around people pleasing because I find there's people and I can think hmm. of one, I know you can think of exactly who they are. <laughs> there was someone in, in our lives that made me feel so small about myself. I feel like Steph, maybe they did it to you a little bit, but then you're like, I don't really they care do, about their opinion. Care. So I'm moving all the way. We're so different and so good because like I get my strength. I'm like, Steph, help me. Is this normal? Steph, like- anyway. <laughs> 
But this person, they were they were really horrible and they made me feel so small and they made my confidence yeah. be the lowest it had ever been. Yeah. However, even though all of that, and I also, when I actually think about the way that they were, I didn't agree with any of their values. Like our values could not have been less aligned. Mm. I, because they made me feel small, all I cared about was trying to make them like me. Yeah, it was like validation. For and them. it was like, it, but it, it's so toxic because it's like that every time I went back to them, they would make me feel shitter and smaller. But, but I so was like, I'm going to try reason. again. Yeah. And I, I don't know why we do it. Mm. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I, like, I feel like I need it. Like I almost miss it and I have mm. to go back and figure it out every time. Mm. I don't know idea why. Mm. Therapy sounds good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. But yeah. it is. It's like we, it's like you want to make them like you and it's that thing of like when what I'm really trying to work through at the moment is like it's not about being liked it's about being respected yeah and they're different yeah mm. I'm, I'm learning that like yeah the way we read body language isn't exactly what's happening like I, I had therapy yeah. last week and literally my therapist was like so I told her that I really struggle when I go with someone mm. to go for coffee with someone it's not just be like let me get it because I always worry that they might be worried about money. They might be worried that I'm coming across stingy. Like, and I want to be really open. And so I'm always like, let me get it. And, but then part of me walks away thinking, but then why didn't they offer? Like, why do they expect me to get it? Do you know what I mean? And she turned it around. She was like, Savannah, maybe, maybe they thought offering for coffee was forceful. Maybe they're quite introverted. Maybe they actually don't know what they want to order. Maybe you're just reading their body language and the way they speak completely wrong. And I was like, I never thought about it that way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And so I'm exactly the same. I know we both did it. We, we both did it. And I was like, but then I took your phone and on the first day we met and, <laughs> and put I it in my bag. Took, no, okay, this is what you this meant. This was the second we like, time. Well, you did it again. This was the yeah. second time I took her phone. And I, yeah. that is actually, do you know what's so funny? That's so rude of me. Like I took your you phone can. and I was like, don't you dare. I, I, like you've, you've met up with me in a random no. city and you can't pay. No. I have to pay for you. No. But that made me feel really good. I felt like we both felt the same way. We were like physically wrestling at the game <laughs> that we both knew that we cared about paying for the other one. It was quite a funny situation for me because I was kind of <laughs> standing there like, you guys work it out. Um, you were like a date in the morning you know, on a Sunday. Just, Stop it. <laughs> but it's a people-pleasing thing. Yeah, and yeah, it, but it's also, it's that that's something for us that is, like I like when I've, it's generosity nice. yeah, yeah, it it is it for me, it's, it's like nice. something that I'm attracted to. In yeah, people. and it's something you like to do for people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But some yeah. people might read that as being forceful. Yeah. Which is interesting. We've never looked at it that way. Especially if I take their mobile device. Which you do a lot. <laughs> you do that to a lot of people. Now that I think about it, you intercept a lot. <laughs> it felt generous. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Because, because I don't want anyone to think that I've taken things from them. Or yeah. I, it's not, It's actually taken yeah. or taken advantage of yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. That I, and it's not about like, I want to be like, oh, I can pay. No, it's no. just like, I don't want them to be less. Totally. Like, imagine if they paid for me and then like, that was like their, yeah. their rest of the money they had allocated for yeah. food for the week or coffee yeah. dates or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, because I didn't offer to pay, I, it's yeah, a lot. I feel the same. Yeah. I get it. But then you got to flip it because they might think that the insisting is like you thinking that exact thing. And they're like, I'm fine. I would, I would like to pay for this. Now we want to talk to you about sex. Okay. So you, <laughs> we go from coffee to sex. So you are very sex positive, like in terms of how open you are about yeah. it. Why is it important to you? Especially within your culture, because, and I, I don't, again, I don't want to make any assumption, but is your culture more conservative around speaking about sex publicly? I think so, but whenever I say yeah. that, people get upset. So I'm going okay. to say my family. Your family, my, yeah. yeah. Um, my family are, but mm-hmm. I guess I like thinking about it. I like talking about it. I like doing it. So like, why was it always taught to me that yeah. it was wrong and dirty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it's so weird because such a recent thing, but I've only just realized I've only just shed like 
this guilt that I used to feel after having sex. I used to feel so guilty. I used to get really tearful. I would enjoy sex. And then like afterwards, I'd be like, I've let my family down. I've done something really naughty. Mm. I've done something that I shouldn't have done. And it's only, I, be as recent as the last three or four times, I've been like, I'm a woman adult. This is great. I'm allowed to feel this way. And it's taken so long, but I love it. So why shouldn't other women yeah. enjoy it too? Mm. Did you guys get that shame around it as well? Mine was a bit different because mm. I was called a slut in school. So um, I didn't actually, well, I, I, I did um, have sex before I was 18, but it was with like my partner. But even just like going on a date with someone or even if you just like kiss someone at a party, that get, got you slut shamed yeah. at my school anyway. And so I think I had that kind of shame around it. Like people must think this of me, um, but it, it wasn't like within like my culture or from my parents or anything like that. I think my mum was sad when she found out about it, but it was more just like her baby growing up yeah. vibes. Like mm. she got me on the pill and we were able to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I think it was a little bit different because it was more like a bit of a peer thing like yeah. I felt like I needed to at one point because it was like cool and then when I did it was suddenly like shameful yeah. and like so yeah that's so interesting because mm. I so I had my breast reduction but mm. before when I was at school I how had many this, years ago was that I had my breast reduction I want to say when I was 20 or 21 mm-hmm. so when I was at school yeah I had these like huge boobs like yeah. literally I was like I don't even know like I was bigger than an F like yeah, I was okay. like a 28 back but like huge boobs mm. and I really, I thought that was the most interesting thing about my character. So I really lent into that. Was, I was it because like, most people commented on that? It was all they, it was yeah. all they knew mm-hmm. about me. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I just figured like to be interesting, I should just be extremely sexual. Yeah. And like people would always comment on it. So I was like, yeah, just lean into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably did things earlier than I would have wanted to and felt so much shame and couldn't talk to my mum or my family about it. So now I just don't see the point. Like we should be allowed to enjoy it and discuss it. It's not a, it's not a bad thing at all, but it's, yeah, it's so recent. How about you? When did you? I cherry. I was eighteen, but I went to a. So it's really interesting. I'm, ne- I'm I, now I think about it. I've never felt shameful or guilty after having sex, but I went to a Catholic school mm. growing up. Like in high school, it was, it's interesting though because I wasn't super religious. I did my confirmation and communion like in one the year before to get into the school that I went to, and I in the Catholic. school, in Catholic religion, you have sex after marriage. And so I believed that probably until, and I was literally, I was And you just, were friends with a lot that within that religion believed yes, that too. Yes, also a lot of my friends yeah. from the school, that's what they believed in. And I think what I did like, like right now I would say I'm an atheist. Like I don't, I just, mm. I'm just a bit. Whatever works for you. Atheist yeah. is not belief. I just, yeah, yeah. nothing, yeah. Uh, so I'm an atheist. But I did like some of the values from the, I don't like everything about the Catholic Church. Like there's some horrible things that have, you know, come out recently, but I do like the value, like a lot of the values mm. of the Catholic Church, but I think, and, the, and Catholic religion, but I do think like this, there is shaming around sex. 100%. Definitely. Mm. But I think again, in school, I was such a rule uh, abider. Yes. So. <laughs> so that's how I was like, okay, so this is what you tell me, mm. then I will this is what I'll live by. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's, I will have sex after marriage. Otherwise it's bad. And then as I got into like year 12 and some of my friends were like, like they literally would, like, they would have their conversations about sex mm. without me. Cause I'd be like, guys, <laughs> this is what the Bible says. And I think as well, I and it was so funny because I wasn't just like wouldn't have been I didn't go to church every <laughs> no, but if I, we met in high school, I had heaps of friends. sexual friends. They were just like they would laugh about it. Like they were like, I just can't move you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was yeah, that was me. And then as my friends started having 
like sex and mm. like you're 11 and 12 and stuff then I was like oh and then I think I just saw it was normal and that it was fine and then yeah. I was like oh it's fine um but I I've only had sex with two people with my ex-boyfriend really? and with Dalton yeah okay. yeah but I've also been in long-term relationships like since I was 18 so um but yeah it was that's what it's been but I think even I think the other thing I was scared of like I, I'm scared of dry, I'm scared of any rule breaking and that mm. felt like a rule breaking in yeah. school and that's that like a drug's super scared of them what else was I scared of? Like I didn't even, they're called Opal cards here, the public transport cards. Oyster cards. Oyster. Oyster. Oh, my God. Why do I keep calling it Opal? Yeah, you said Oyster. Yeah. Oyster. We have Mikey's and I would, oh, actually, back then it was back something else. Back then it was just put coins in, in the machine. I couldn't even get on a train and take one station without buying a ticket. Or a tram. I, tra- I couldn't. A tram goes like 300 metres. So I think it was it was just in my personality. But it's now, it's like, it's even, but when we were growing up, like mm. when we were 18, 19, 20, which is like it sucks what, mm. like with what you went through, Steph, with like people slut-shaming you around mm. the school. But with with sexuality, it was mm. like shamed. Like I, so many, especially Australian people. I mean, look at Kim Kardashian. Like a mm. sex tape was leaked. And like now obviously she's like owns that she's and like it's done it. incredible. But there's so many, there's like Lara Bingle, like heaps of Australians as well where that happened. And it was not the person who shared the sex tape that got in, like that had any shame on them. It was the person, like it was the woman. Mm. Even if there was yeah. a man in it, it's yeah. the woman that is a slut, right? Mm. And that's so wrong. Or if a woman is sent Australia, it's so it's actually calmed down a lot now, which is great because mm. now it's it's there's not as much. Well, I'm, there is a little bit still, but hardly anywhere near as much shame on like nudes, for example. Nudes would be leaked, so someone would send a nude mm. to to a whatever a celebrity or the other way around, and then this this picture would be leaked on the internet. And it's not no one questions the the male is usually a male in a heterosexual relationship, or they're not even they're just like seeing each other or whatever. No one questions the guy who sent it to his friendship group, mm. and, and like set, it then it got into the whole internet. It's on the woman, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the woman's fault. So there was so much shame yeah. around that, and I think that for me is what I saw. Mm growing up like from age 16 to 19 so I was so that to me I was like oh okay nudes are wrong because like that that's yeah. that's what the media tells us that yeah. if the woman is a slut and yeah. it's not the case and it's changed I don't know what here but in Australia like over the past like three years I yeah. feel like for women like we've been able to like reclaim that yeah, yeah. For sure. I do think that. I mm. think also the the pressure around sex as a teenager. I, the other thing I remember is like I, I, I mean I loved the attention from like not just boys, but just like in general, I, I I loved attention. I wanted to be an actor or in drama or something. Like I just loved it. Um, and so what was really confusing for me was to navigate from the judgment from peers. If you were to turn someone down, you were a frigid. Mm. Oh my you god! Know, remember that frigid, word, frigid. Yeah. Is that right? A fri- is it frigid? Well, frigid. that's what we called. We frigid. got your your frigid. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's so weird. Maybe yeah. we like heard it and just yeah. put some Aussie slang on it. But it's so true. You would yeah. call it a frigid if you turn someone down, but then if you ended up doing anything with them, you were a slut. Yeah. So it was like very confusing when and we were And the guys up. were heroes. Yeah. 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 Like legends. A conquest. Yeah. 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 Crazy. There was a girl at my school who she sent some, she was like, every girl wanted to be her. She was like so sexy. She had boobs. She had the best boobs. Mm. And her mum would always buy her underwear from La Senza. So everyone was like really jealous of her. Is that a good, is that like a good luxury It was brand? like kind of like sexy when you're a teenager. Yeah. Also jealous. And she always had like the matching sets. So everyone was just so jealous of her. But she sent her boyfriend nudes at the time. And somehow it got leaked to the wider school. And she had to give our, like I was in a house of girls, like mm. you boarded in houses where I went to school. She had to like talk to, her punishment was to talk to our house and like tell everyone why you shouldn't send nudes. <gasps> Pretty sure the boy didn't, nothing happened. Like it wasn't his fault, even though he shared it. Mm. She got in trouble for sent, taking those pictures. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I same thing happened to me. I got nudes leaked in high school, hundred percent, and it was shit. But I was not forced by the school to do anything about it. Mm. But it was horrible, and he was championed. That's awful. Yeah, but yeah. isn't it awful? How did you get rid of the shame around sex? Um, I would say it's literally been ten years of trial mm. and error, mm. seeing other women actually talk about it. I went to um, like a podcast show a couple of nights ago, Girls Got We, and they were like, oh, yeah. at the end of it, it was so good. At the end of it, they're like, does anyone have any talents? They want to get on stage and show us your talents. And this one girl, <laughs> this one woman got on stage, dropped in the split, started twerking and squirting her breast milk. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes, oh, God, amazing. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Just seeing other women being more out there yeah. and like has taught me to just be a little bit more out there. Mm. And like, I feel like with my own socials, I just... I try and talk about sex, but like in a respectful way. So yeah. like, yeah, I just like show Steve's foot hanging out my bed. Like, so I don't actually imply <laughs> too heavily, but like, there's just always a man in the background. Like, <laughs> just like crop his penis outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you guys, the other day, he's got this bath. This is probably terrible. You showed me. Yeah, oh, you yeah. showed me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's so bad. So <laughs> Steve's like renovating his flat at the moment and he's got a bathtub, which he hates. So he mm. can't use a shower. Mm. And he like keeps sending me these pictures of him just like, his like balls just like floating in the bathtub. Like, <laughs> oh, and you were like, that's lovely. Yeah, thank so, you for that. When did you? Yeah. No, that was when we met. The day we met, you were <laughs> I was like, like it was at the end. It was like five hours. This is when you were like, I was like, we need to get on. Yeah, I was just talking about balls floating. I was like, you were like, oh my god, you just sent me a photo, and you're like, oh, but don't worry. And then like thirty seconds later, I could see processing your brain. You're like, oh, can I show you? But like, I'll block his balls. But like, look. I was like, this is how I know we're gonna be friends. He's got really big legs. Wait, I need to show you. But it's it's but the thing about it is, at the end of the day, all of these things are so normal, and for so long we've been we've felt so much shame around it. I mean, it just makes me giggle because even the other day, because Dalton has been, oh my God. <laughs> it's the feet. It's the front. It's like a duck. His feet are in frog, frog position. And like he's just not shaven in any oh way. Oh my God, it's I so love funny. It. That is so funny. Um, but yeah, even just the other day, like Dalt's been asking for nudes basically every, every present, present day. day. You know? He's sending me emojis like present, yeah. praying. I'm like, I just, I, I yeah. can't, I don't have a new position for you every day. Which is such a something well, new. Well, the other day, yeah. you know, Laura was shutting the blinds to this hotel we were staying at and she happened to just be in a G-string, nothing else, because we were obviously very comfortable with <laughs> So I started filming her and I sent it to Dalton and I was like, here you go. This is <laughs> Here's your nude. Here's the angle you've been waiting for. <laughs> but the point is, is I, I do love I do love it. It's like you, you've got to find a way of like being able to talk about this stuff is so important so that people understand how normal it is. But at the same at the same time, especially you know, with your background, with your family, you need to find a way that you can navigate it, that you feel comfortable, that's yeah. not like, mm. that you don't feel is inappropriate. Yeah. It's mm. quite hard at the moment because my brother is dating mm. and he's 25. So I've got five years on him and five years of absolute turmoil of trying to approach my family and express that I'm dating. Mm. Um, and obviously he's a hero for sleeping with a girl. Obviously it's okay and he, there's no trouble, no issue there. But it was awful for me. I, I mean, my partner still hasn't been introduced to my family, mm. really, because it's a big deal for a woman versus a man. Mm. Like, he'll be allowed to introduce his girlfriend at any point, which is just 
I'm trying, my mum's quite, she's coming around to it now. She's, mm. she watches my social media. She understands that we had a conversation yesterday about the language that she used growing up because she, she wouldn't allow me to wear vests growing up mm. because she would say it was slutty. Mm. But now she understands, like she explained to me this week for the first time that it's not because she actually believed it was slutty. It was just because she was worried about advances from other men, from other people, because within our culture, she was worried that people would look at us as disrespectful. Mm. She was like, I didn't know that da- that language would be damaging, mm. we're, but we're only just having those conversations now yeah and and honestly like I mean there's going to be things that we've done wrong yeah. that like our kids mm. are going to tell us are wrong like yeah. that's what happens as the generation goes on we learn different yeah things and and so that's really nice that she's I suppose opened up to you in that way to to yeah. have those honest conversations and, and this is very different but it's even like my dad for the longest time was like anyone with a tattoo is a bad person never ever get a tattoo mm, because it means yeah. you're a bad person won't get a job <laughs> You yeah, won't, you yes. won't ever get a yeah. job. You won't ever be taken seriously. My brother's, his, what's it called? Not the maid of honor. What's the, the man? Best man. But I said best man. No. <laughs> it's the party. Shannon, who's like a teddy bear of a human, sweetest human ever, literally tatted like almost every section of his skin. Like, to be honest, at a, at a quick look, he does kind of look scary. And again, that's because I've grown up with a dad mm. that's like, you can't even have one little tattoo. Yeah. He's got a different view on it now. But he was from that generation where if he had a tattoo on his wrist, he wouldn't get a job or like he wouldn't be taken seriously. So it's just generations as we get older, we have to listen to yeah the younger people. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning to forget my mum though. Like I try yeah. and view her as a, the little girl that had that damage done to her. Yeah. Like even, was it you I was saying to you the other day? Like it's really interesting when girls our age get like Botox or filler mm. or breast augmentations or, or whatever. And th- mm. what they don't realise is they're kind of insulting their mums mm. because their mums look like the thing that they're changing. Mm. And we, we've we all just come through this endless trauma of trying to change our bodies. But like, it's it's not our mum's fault. No. You know? And it, it is really interesting you say that because often as well, I mean, I obviously follow a lot of like mum blogs and everything like that. But, you know, it, you have to be so careful with the way that you speak about yourself when you become a parent because yeah. kids pick up on it. They do. Yeah. And they think that that's normal. Yeah. But yeah. our mums wouldn't have realised no. that skipping a lunch would have impacted us in the way yeah, that it did. so true. No, exactly. Yeah. Like my mum would have like loads of sh- loads of dessert and like not really a meal. But mm. I, I don't think she realised the impact it would have on me as an adult. Mm. Yeah. It's not know. their fault, right? They've got to learn. Mm. For people listening, I feel like this would be really helpful for anyone listening that is in a, a family where they... Uh, quite a conservative mm. family. It might be their culture. Or it might just be their fa- like their specific family what would be your advice in helping them have conversations with their parents? Like, for example, with you, like with mm-hmm. Steve, because is there an assumption that you would marry an Indian? Is that is that an expectation or an Indian man? Or They would have liked that initially. They would have liked that initially. So navigating conversations like that where you, you're you living your life for you and what feels true to you, Which but it's great. not exactly aligned with the, like a really conservative culture of what yeah. you grew up in. Do you know what? I don't know if this is a really shit thing to say, but I really found the focusing on my career and getting my self-confidence in a place where it wouldn't be too knocked if they were like, well, we want nothing to do with you then, was really important. Mm -hmm. Like when I first brought up having a partner with my mum, I wasn't earning very much money and I wasn't very self-confident. And to be honest, I just really believe my mum's way was the only way. But actually working on myself and finding a career path that was enjoyable and building a little bit of money in my my bank account meant that I felt a little bit more confident to approach when it was with my mum telling her that I had a partner. Just really working on myself. Mm. I think that's fantastic Mm. advice. 
It's it's like any if you're ever entering into a, a like a hard situation, mm. having that confidence and knowing that it's the same, you know, if it's for work or family, whatever it might be, mm. if that thing is your entire world, you're then at risk if is if something happens, mm. your whole being and self and identity is crumbled. Mm. Yeah. But it, it was so interesting because Steve always says to me that it's weird how your confidence has grown like alongside your business mm. growing. And it just really, really has, because I finally feel like I have some purpose so I feel a lot more confident in a lot of conversations whereas I didn't before because I didn't know who I was supposed to be how I was supposed to show up in a lot Mm. of conversations what is your purpose I mean I really 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 I mean I say it over and over again I just want to advocate for people to just try and move a little bit more Mm. just really minimally like it just the smallest amount makes all of the difference and also I hope this comes across through my socials that like nothing has to be taken that seriously. Mm. You can just have a little bit of fun. Mm. Like you can just get outside, get loose, and it, yeah, you don't have to be following a plan in any way, any way, shape, or form. Don't have to be doing what everyone else is doing. Just do what feels right for you and your body. And you do know what that is. Mm. I know you see what everyone else is doing, but you do know what feels right for you. So mm. stop comparing yourself. I love it. I love so that. Deep. <sighs> we could literally, I could literally talk so to you for 48 hours. hours. Seriously. And I'm very sad we have to wrap now. <laughs> Me too. To, to finish <laughs> off, if you could go back and tell your year eight or nine, 14-year-old self something mm. with what you know now, what would you tell them? You're so different to everyone else, but that's not wrong. It's not like you're not disgusting. You're not, di- the way you choose to do things, your individuality doesn't mean that you're not going to be loved and you're not going to be okay. Being unique is so special. It's going to be okay. Oh, God. (laughs) That was so nice. Thank you. So nice. Thank Thank you you for joining us. Thank you for, I'm so grateful that we've connected. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, I feel like I've got lifelong friends. I was about to say that and then I had a thought of like, oh my God, is that weird? See, there you go. No, no, no. no. Honestly, like I was talking to my mum about coming to Australia in October. Yeah, seriously. You are coming. Amazing. Oh my God. So I'm excited. (laughs) Yay. Thank you. Anytime, you guys. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to get involved in the KickPod, you can. We have got a KickPod Instagram where you can send us a DM about your thoughts on the podcast, some questions, some stories that happen to you. Honestly, whatever you want to send in, we would love to see and read it and hear it and chat to you. And that is at KickPod on Insta. We would also appreciate your following if you would like to support the podcast, come and follow that account. (laughs) That is where we'll be sharing a lot of this kind of content. So we hope you guys enjoy that. If you want to learn more about Kick, the Kick app, we have a website, kickapp.com, or you can head to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download our app. We have a seven-day free trial if you'd like to check out the app. And we're also on Instagram at laura.henshaw and at Smith, And you can find us over on TikTok as well at Kick. But we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye.